New York, the Big Apple. Lots of bustle and lots of people. They say there are eight million stories in the naked city. Well, this isn't one of them. This story is about Hollywood, California, Tinseltown, USA. movies and the movies in the movies well the movies that are playing at tinseltown oh yeah yeah uh there's a new shazam we can go see yeah uh oh scream six just came out yeah we can get advanced tickets john wick chapter four okay have you seen any of those no me either this is scream six they're in new york yeah is that when jason took manhattan Yes. Creed 3. Something with Adam Driver called 65. Should be called 69. <laughs> uh, got multiple Oscar winner back in theaters, I guess. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah. Yeah. Um, get advanced tickets to a Dungeons and Dragons movie. And the next Fast and the Furious. Oh, hey. And they're doing uh, Return of the King, so uh, which I get tickets for. Uh, are they not showing Tinseltown at Tinseltown? Oh, uh, no. Are they showing any Carter Stevens movies? They are showing Lohengrin, which I believe is an opera by Wagner. Okay. I think Carter Stevens might be involved. <laughs> okay. Oh, no, okay, they're doing Super Mario Brothers. That was him, right? The new one? That's him. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's, that's the Tinseltown. That's all we got right now. Yeah, <laughs> all right. Well, welcome to the Raincoat Report. This is Boss here with Jeremy once uh, again. We're going to the movies. We're going to the movies. Uh, no, this week we're talking Tinseltown, and we're going to get a good look at the seedy underbelly of the film business once again. That's a subject we've broached before. I want to see the nice side of the film business for once. Yeah. <laughs> I guess movies are it. Like the final product? Yeah. It's like a hot dog. Watching it get made is disgusting. Yeah, that's true. Fills me with sickness, and for that, Holly Weird, you get the bunk of the week. <laughs> so yeah, this week we're talking Tinseltown, a 1980 film directed by Carter Stevens, uh, whose work we previously discussed on our episode on Roller Babies. I looked at 65, it's about, it's kind of like Planet of the Apes, except Adam Driver somehow crashes on the planet. During the time when dinosaurs ruled the earth in the past. Okay. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I uh I saw like the the T V trailer for it and I was like, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was uh I don't know. I didn't know he was gonna fight dinosaurs ever. That's pretty cool. Finally. Dinosaurs really f- fell off in film in general until you get to Jurassic Park, and then they kinda dominate it to the point where nothing else could really get in the air. Yeah, uh, the only I'm getting us tickets to see 65 so we can revive the dinosaur genre. Oh boy. Yeah, but until then, let's talk about Carter Stevens. Yeah, so uh, Carter Stevens is uh, another one of those uh, long-term filmmakers, uh, director and producer who uh, is known for a lot of stuff uh, in the business. Uh, Looks like he was making films up into 1998. Uh, IMDb also has a credit for him in 2014 for Carter Stevens' Dirty Home Movies, which I guess is probably uh, archival material. But yeah, he is a wonderful member of the adult film industry. 
who started making films in 1973. Yeah, he's a long-time man. I'm sorry, I got caught up looking at one he directed called Punk Rock that I really want to see now. Oh, cool. Private Eye goes on the trail of the kidnappers of a rich man's daughter and ends up in a wanton world of rock and roll groupies, white, that means cocaine, and delirious debauchery in this wild scorcher. Okay. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. I don't know if it's porno because you can watch it on Tubi for free. Oh. But it's well, got Robert Kerman. Well, that's cool. We'll have to figure that one out, but um, Tinseltown. Yeah, Tinseltown. So uh, Tinseltown is uh, Carter Stevens' look at the seedy underbelly of Hollywood through following three women and their experiences in the uh, film industry. These women being played by... Uh, Tawny Pearl, who we've seen before, plays Pat. Uh, Danielle Ray, who I don't recognize from seeing other things. Uh, actually, she, on IMDb, only has this as a credit. Mm-hmm. She's Mary Jo Harmon. And uh, Ashley Brooks, who plays Dominique, the high-class prostitute, who uh, only has two credits on IMDb. Uh, this in a film called Honey Britches. Mm. Honey Britches, eh? Wow. So we got this week we have three protagonists. Uh, yes. Wow. So yeah, Tawny Pearl has been in uh, 25 films. Uh, and uh, she was in Taboo. She was Diane. So that's where we know her from. We also have uh, a few other people who we would recognize. We have uh, Eric Edwards. We have uh, Randy West in an earlier role in his career. We've got, of course, Mike Ranger, who shows up in a mustache. Yeah, he's back. Uh, Bill Marigold is uh, Morty. Yeah, large role. And uh, Jake Teague playing his uh, signature old guy role. Yeah, he's there. Her favorite old man. <laughs> and uh, Carter Stevens himself plays Fred, who's the narrator, who uh, isn't named until uh, like halfway through the movie. So in my notes, I call him just the narrator most of the time. So whatever. Uh, but yeah, this is three people's journey through Hollywood, taking completely different paths, uh, rubbing shoulders and pumping their way through the same sort of corridors and uh we get to find out exactly you know where they land would you say that you have what it takes to make it in hollywood yes okay why is that um well you know i've just got that that um it's got the knack you know okay you know i've got it in my head i can memorize a whole script just by looking at it once. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I could do a one-man play. You should do a one-man play. I've been working on one for a while now. Oh, yeah? Yeah, but um having a lot of trouble memorizing my lines. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't think I would make it in Hollywood. They don't let people like me on the TV anymore. I mean, you bring back ugly people on the TV. <laughs> Everyone's very handsome now. Everyone's chiseled or had some kind of uh, fat removed from their face or something like that. There's no, there's no room on the TV for, uh, for a guy like me. There's no room on the tube. I we, guess that's not really... Is that Hollywood? I mean, it's all kind of interconnected, especially nowadays. Yeah. It's show business. Yeah, and show business, I think I would probably... I would drown. <laughs> I completely changed my stance. It wouldn't go well for me. I think I'm best off here on the radio. All right. Well, <laughs> like your car radio where you listen to the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. On your um, FM radio. Yeah. On your aux thing. When you hit it, it goes to aux or Bluetooth. You listen to us that way on your way to work. Yes. In the morning. 
Bring me a prick. Get a close-up on the kind Drink of a mile of to see her pussy. That's my radio pitch, right? That's like <laughs> yeah. the one I hit, and it plays all of them at once. Now get ready for 30 minutes of commercial flea classic rock. <laughs> Okay, well... Uh, too much to drink during the first episode. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, so we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back to talk more about Tinseltown. the hottest stars are here it's time to talk about tinseltown yeah um i'm glad nicole kidman did all those ads and brought everyone back to the movies (laughs) now we get to see this yes uh at the movie theater hopefully yeah i hope so one day yeah i just want to run a porno theater that's the ultimate dream that's my dream i get one of those little half screens couple seats i'm gonna have those little a lot of them now they have like the desk that'll fold over your lap for your snacks. Yeah, yeah. Kind of more like a privacy, like you, it doesn't go across your lap, but it'll just like go straight up. Yeah, yeah. On, like divider. either side. Yeah, like a divider. Yeah. I think the ultimate in jacking technology. And I would have the floor slanted downwards toward a drain and I would just, <laughs> no carpet or anything, but I'm just running hoses between, you know, showings. Oh, yeah, that, that's smart. Yeah, it's going to be a little wet, but I'll put a sign out front. I'll put one of those little wet floor signs out, <laughs> and that'll cover my ass. Yeah, there you go. That removes you from all liability, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm just going to have a terrifying little porno theater in a warehouse, it sounds like. <laughs> Come and find me. So Tinseltown opens on the New York skyline. We're told there's a million stories in the Big Apple. But this isn't one of them. This is about Tinseltown, USA. I did it. And, a little uh, slow, but I got it. <laughs> we cut to credits and a uh, sick disco jam. So we get our Tinseltown credits. We then cut to a man talking to a woman at a restaurant. This man, as we find out later, is Fred. He's telling her that he's seen what this town can do to a woman. She asks him to tell her about it. She says, I'm tougher than I look, and besides, I'm here to be a reporter, not an actress. He tells her that two women came to this town to be actresses, but the other woman, well, and then he starts his story. He talks first about Mary Jo Harmon from an old-fashioned town in middle America. We see her being fucked missionary by a guy. This is her fiancé. She had a dream of becoming a movie star. We get some uh, penetration shots and shots of their faces as they kiss. I think that the sex in this movie is really well shot. Mm -hmm. I would agree with that. We then get introduced to the second woman. This is uh, Dominique Alwyn. That was the name she went by, at least, as most women in her profession adopt names. Uh, She is a hooker. And we see here she's getting fucked sideways on a bed. Uh, she came from New York, and she didn't share Mary Jo's dream. She was just happy the way she was. He knows that she was a great piece of ass in bed and one of the top people in her line of work. We cut to Mary Jo talking to her boyfriend, and he's criticizing her on her dream of being an actress. She assures him that she'll stay true to him. They're engaged, after all. And uh, he knows that he's heard all about the casting couch, but she tells him those are just stories. We cut back to Dominique and see her client, played by Jake T, getting dressed and thanking her for a good time. He says it's a pleasure doing business. He asks her if they can meet again the same time next week, but she tells him that she'll be in L.A. next week, but they can meet the week after. The last girl we're introduced to is Pat Norman, as Fred uh, jokes in his narration, should have named her Pat Normal. Oh. 
She wanted to be a movie star, but she's from L.A., and we see her reading lines on stage and getting directed by her acting coach. We cut to Mary Jo leaving Oklahoma, kissing her fiancé goodbye and getting ready to catch her bus. Our narrator says, No one becomes a star right away, and if you want to meet someone, you have to get an agent. So we see Mary Jo arriving in L.A. and walking into an agent's office and being told by the secretary that they're not taking resumes. When we're told that there's a... There's a busted cherry for every star on the sidewalk. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Our narrator tells us it's hard to get an agent, but Morty Green will see anyone. You just have to remember to wash your hands after you leave. (laughs) So we see Mary Jo walking into Morty's office. Uh, There's a lot to note in this room. Yeah, I took some good notes on it. Uh, Uh, And Morty is, of course, Bill Margold. Yes. And behind him are posters uh, of various movies. Uh, I believe he might be in all of the movies that the posters are advertising. He's in several. Uh, he's definitely in Maryland and the Senator. Yes. Um, I believe he's in Phantasm Comes Again. Yeah. There's also High School Co- Honeys, which I have not seen. And it looks like Close Encounters of the Carnal Kind. Okay. Might I didn't be see one that. of them. I Look, know. It, it was a smaller one. I just, okay. like, recognized, like, an image of, like, a lady's, like, legs open, like, across the highway. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think a couple of them, at least, are Carlos Tobolina films. Yeah. Uh, and there's one next to that. I can't make it out. It's too small and blurry. Uh, there's a poster for the Wild Bunch on another wall. There is. There's a, uh, it's like a photo of Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> there's another poster for a film called Lust Flight 2000. Yes, uh, there's Lust Flight 2000, there's a uh, big Clint Eastwood poster. Oh, okay, yeah. With the, I'm not sure what movie it is, because it's, it's a Japanese poster. Okay. Yeah, just a bunch of pictures of, like, different celebrities, and like I said, Jaws. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Morty's at his desk reading Variety. He asks what Mary Jo wants, and she tells him that she's an actress. He asks her about her credits, and she talks about playing the lead at a lo- in a local play. He has her turn around and pose and show her legs. Morty tells her she has potential, and he can find her work. She asks how he knows that she's good, and after all, he hasn't seen her act. He tells her, we're all acting. Morty sits next to her on the casting couch. And tells her they'll need to get to know one another. So he invites her to a party and writes down the address, telling her to dress up. We're told in narration that Dominique adapted to L.A. quickly. We see her getting dressed and she's there with another client. He's going to be in meetings all morning and asks if she can entertain herself. She says she can and he tells her that he'll pick her up for lunch later. And then later, he'll take her to a party and she needs to dress up for it. Pat was going to school for drama, we're told, and uh, speech. She's hoping for her big break. We see Pat talking to her acting coach. He's talking to her about how she needs to know the right people to meet an agent. She asks how she's supposed to get to know anyone, and he offers to take her to a party where some important people will be socializing. She asks when it is, and he tells her it's at two, But then he adds, beforehand, I thought maybe we could, and then Pat cuts him off and says, okay, I'll see you at one thirty," and walks off. (laughs) Ha. So it seems like they might all be going to the same party. Indeed. In the hotel room, we see Dominique getting undressed, and our narrator tells us that all three girls were excited about the party, and all three girls chose the same method to relax. Although... Their specific methods differ. Yes, that's true. They, uh, you know, it's more than one way to skin a cat. (laughs) We watch as Dominique lays back on her bed and starts to finger herself. Then, we see Mary Jo turn on the faucet to the bathtub and get in, putting her vagina under the stream of water for stimulation. And also maybe, like, rubbing her clit and... Maybe like asshole against like the stopper. Oh yeah, a little bit. I'm not sure if that was like intentional or, if, or just kind of happenstance. Right. 
But uh, I guess it's additional stimulation either way you slice it. Yeah. It's kind of gross. <laughs> we also watch Pat on her bed undressing and pulling out her hard plastic vibrator to play with. Yep. Uh, as as uh, we've talked about before. Yeah, this one doesn't have the grooves in it like the one in Ladies' Night. So it's, yeah. a, little, it's a little more hygienic. But uh, it does look like a candle. <laughs> she pushes it inside herself and starts moaning as she plays with her nipples. No one had the idea to mold a plastic penis head at the time. Yeah, I guess but not. I think we, though we've discussed it, you've got the issue of the seam. You don't want the plastic seam inside of you. Yeah, yeah. Sharp as hell. So we cut back and forth between the ladies for a bit as they enjoy themselves via their unique methods. We then... Cut to the party. Yeah. Were you worried that Mary Jo was going to drown? <laughs> Maybe. Towards she, the end, it seemed like she, her head was mostly submerged yeah. before she got off. <laughs> uh, a little concerning. That's not a technique I've seen before in film, I don't think. No, that, that was a new one for me. I don't think I've ever seen anyone do that before. That was new. And, uh, I like it. We've been doing this show for a long time, and I can still be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. So at the party, Dominique's client hands her a drink and walks off to do some socializing and networking. Pat sees that Dominique also has food and walks up to her and asks her where she got it. Dominique shows her where to get some, and then Mary Jo joins the conversation. So all three of our ladies intersect and interact here. Excellent. They talk about acting, and Pat mentions that she'll be lucky to get a job without having to fuck someone for it. Mary Jo seems shocked by this. Again, she earlier said that those were all stories. Yeah, she doesn't know the rules. But Pat tells her that that's how all the big stars got their roles. Dominique chimes in, noting she's a hooker and she's good at her job. The only difference between her and the actresses is that she admits what she does. Pat asks Mary Jo if she has an agent and she mentions Morty Green and is soon dragged off by Morty to meet Jack Warren, head of Magnum Productions. Mm -hmm. He looks her up and down and says they might be able to use her in something and tells Morty to make the arrangements. After Jack walks off, Morty asks what Mary Jo thinks of Jack, and she mentions he's not good-looking. Morty says he's not supposed to be. He's a producer. Yeah, they don't need to be in front of the camera. Yeah. Maybe I would succeed as a producer. Maybe. Be a Weinstein-type figure. Uh, maybe a different yeah. producer? Uh, it's the only one I know. <laughs> Morty says that man can cut through the bullshit to get her a screen test, but she might have to do some favors. Yeah, yes. Mary Jo says she told her fiancé that she'd be faithful, but Morty reminds her she told him she'd be a star, too. And this is how you become a star. He tells her she's got a terrific bod and Jack Warren can make her a star. Maybe she can wait a couple of years and get a test, but she has an opportunity here and if she's got it, she's got to do it. We see some conversations around the party and Pat's teacher is talking to Steve Ransom, who she apparently falls in love with at first sight. Yeah, he's got rugged good looks and an open shirt. The narrator tells us, though, that he's a louse, and we'll learn more about him soon. Thankfully, I guess for her interests, he hands her a card and tells her to meet him tomorrow night. Morty Green meets up with Fred, the guy who's uh, narrating this. Uh, they shake hands. Fred tries to call out Morty on his manipulation of women, but they tell each other to fuck off, more or less. Yeah. Just Carter's, a quick exchange. Yeah, quick. Carter Stevens. Yeah. He's in his own story that he's telling. Yeah. That's cool. Dominique's client, who we now learn is named Michael, is talking to Jerry Kaminsky, who's Eric Edwards. They're talking business when Dominique walks over. Michael introduced Dominique to Jerry. Jerry says he's heard that she's an artist, but Dominique tells him she's just a working girl who's good at her job. Jerry says he hears that she's the best. She says talk is cheap, but she's not. But the pay is already taken care of. So Dominique walks off with Jerry. And we see Jerry and Dominique walk into a bedroom with the fireplace on the side. Ooh. They take a minute to undress. And once Jerry's fully undressed, 
Dominique starts to suck his cock as he lays back on the bed. She's still dressed in a bra, garter belt, and thigh highs. She soon climbs on top of Jerry and rides him cowgirl. She rides him for a bit and then dismounts and sucks and strokes him to finish him off. Yeah, he blows all over her face. Yeah. Yeah. We cut to Mary Jo meeting with Jack Warren at his place. Jack makes her a drink and then he tells her to make herself comfortable in the bedroom down the hall. Mary Jo timidly agrees and we see her walk into the bedroom. She paces a bit and then sits down on the bed and takes off her blouse and bra, neatly stacking them. It's a strange bedroom. Yeah. It's got a really ugly green bed and side table combination. It's like a fuzzy black comforter, like a shag comforter. Yeah. Uh, There seems to be some kind of hanging lamp made of metal and feathers. Yeah. And... uh, to top it all off, the wallpaper is just dozens of topless women. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is a pervert's room. Uh, she continues to undress with her uh, panties and pants taken down, and she seems a bit down about what's going on. And then we see Mrs. Warren walk into the bedroom, causing Mary Jo to cover up in shame. Mary Jo says she didn't know Mrs. Warren was there. And she stumbles trying to explain herself, but Mrs. War- but Mrs. Warren notes that she's the Warren who checks out all the new girls. Mary Jo says she's surprised and she's a bit excited. And this is Pat Manning, but not the one from the NFL. <laughs> Peyton Manning. He's also called Pat Manning, I guess. It's P- Pat, short for Peyton. Sure. Patrick. Peyton, American Psycho, <laughs> right? Am I am I wrong? I don't know. I'm gonna look up Pat Manning. Oh, she was she was in Carnal Encounters of the Third Kind. Yeah, and she was one of the sweet young foxes. Yeah, yeah. Mary Jo notes that she's never been with a girl before. Mary Jo leans back as Mrs. Warren kisses her and plays with her, commenting on Mary Jo's wet pussy. They tongue-kiss for a bit as Miss Warren fingers Mary Jo. She licks and sucks Mary Jo's breasts and nipples. We watch as she starts to go down on Mary Jo as she moans in pleasure. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Warren's playing with herself as she goes, and then she straddles Mary Jo, allowing her to return the favor. We cut to Dominique. Jerry's on the phone trying to make plans with her, but she's talking about how she'll be back in New York by then. He's trying to get her a screen test, but she tells him she's not an actress. He tries to persuade her, and she seems uninterested. He asks for her day rate, and he promises to pay her for a week, give her hotel and expense costs, and get Michael, her uh, current client, to agree to travel home alone instead of with her. He talks about being able to sign her to a long-term contract and make her a star. She's reluctant, but finally agrees if he meets those terms. We then cut to Steve Ransom, answering the door at his place and letting Pat in. Fred in narration tells us she was drawn to Steve like a moth to a flame, with roughly the same consequences. Yeah, she's fallen in with a bad crowd. Yeah. Steve tells her right inside the door to undress, telling her he doesn't have all day. He has her get on her knees in front of him and then pulls down his jeans and, without telling her anything, she gets the deal and starts to suck his cock. Yeah, she's uh, she's in a real bad spot compared to everyone else, it yeah. seems like. I forgot his name was Steve Ransom for a moment, and I thought he was a character that comes up later named Porno Pete. Oh, no. And I was like, if this isn't Porno Pete, this is definitely one of his associates. <laughs> And uh, we'll see what happens, but I think uh, I might be right. (laughs) She works his cock for a bit and strokes him off onto her face and tongue. He says, good, I'm reasonably well satisfied. She asks him, what about me? He tells her he's okay if she's satisfied, but her object here is not to be pleased, but to please. He tells her if she fulfills her role, she can live there and do as she pleases, but she will do what he says and service him sexually at his whim. Steve demands that she call him master, and she complies. Yeah. 
she gets brainwashed like really quickly into accepting all of this. Yes. It does not take much. No, not at all. Uh, he's got like a Manson level of control over <laughs> Pat based on like three minutes of interaction. Right. He tells her if he wishes to loan her out to his friends, he will. And she must do everything she's told. Anything. She replies, yes, master. We see Dominique in Jerry's office. Yeah, let's cut back to a happier story. <laughs> Uh, she asks if it's his coffee break, and he says no. And she asks, how about something to eat? Like me. He turns her down at first, noting people come through this office a lot. She says there must be somewhere quiet nearby. So they go into what looks like a storage closet with a couch. Yeah. And, uh, she sits down, and Jerry starts to eat her out. Yeah, she doesn't have to do the casting couch routine, but, you know, she still goes through it. Indeed. Yeah, she's, uh, as we mentioned before, it's all for love of the game. Yeah. Yeah. After a minute, they undress a bit, and Jerry starts to fuck her as she lays back on the couch, and he kneels on his knees. Uh, they go at this for a minute, and after a while, Jerry pulls out, and we get a slow-mo cum shot uh, with him finishing on Dominique's chest. We see Mary Jo heading to her screen test. The narrator tells us her session with Mrs. Warren was a success, but like everything with Morty Green, even the screen test had strings attached. Mary Jo is brought in and introduced to Curtis, the director of the screen test. He hands her a script and mentions there's a lot of stuff that he can help her out with. Uh, Curtis is Mike Ranger with a mustache. Right. Of course. Morty tells Curtis he's sure Mary Jo can do something to make all of this worth his while. Mary Jo says, oh, Morty, but Morty says this is how it's done. So Curtis and his assistant walk over and lay down a twin mattress and start to undress Mary Jo as Morty sits in a chair reading and peeking in on the action. Mary Jo starts to suck off the assistant as Curtis is still undressing, and then we see Curtis fucking her from behind. They switch spots with Curtis getting sucked while the other guy fucks her from behind. This continues for a bit, and eventually the assistant pulls out for a slow-mo cum shot on Mary Jo's ass. Mary Jo lays back on the mattress, and Curtis fucks her as the assistant kisses and caresses Mary Jo. He pounds away for quite a bit here. Yeah, you can tell who the lead director and the assistant director are. Is based on uh, the size of their cocks. Yes, the assistant I, I did note had for a porno a small cock. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty average sized, I would say. Yeah, but, yeah. But for porno, yeah, it's it's a uh, under average. Yeah. Called petite. Uh, that, is that a that that should be like for people who have small cocks in porno but don't want to be like humiliated? Like he's calling petite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. Curtis gets quite sweaty uh, from really sticking it to her and finally pulls out and comes on her chest. We cut to Dominique's screen test. She's uh, reading her lines. Jack thinks to himself that she's a star. The director comes over and says that she can't act worth a damn, but she'll learn, and he also thinks that she may be a star. We cut to a screening room with Jack and two older guys, I guess executives or whatever. Mm -hmm are watching her screen test. The guys note that she has magnetism and asks if she can learn to act. Jack says she can. They ask if she has any issues in her past, and Jack admits she does. She's a hooker. The guys note that that could be a PR problem, and Jack agrees. They ask if Jack can sign her, and he explains he already has. Not to the studio, but to a personal management contract. The guys note that the old man might have a fit about this. Uh-oh. We never meet the old man, do we? Yeah. No. This doesn't play out in any meaningful way. Okay, good. We cut to Pat having her makeup done and being introduced to Sven. He notes that she looks good. Good enough to eat. Pat says, why don't you? So Sven drags Pat off to a couch. The makeup girl yells not to mess up her makeup. But her cries fall upon deaf ears. But the makeup girl follows Pat to the couch and continues to apply makeup as Sven pulls down her pants and starts to go down on Pat. Yeah. 
Uh, Pat's life is going better than I expected. Yeah. To be from the last scene we saw her in. I expected her to be like in a cell. Yeah. <laughs> a couple, a man and woman, see what's going on on the couch and decide to join. They quickly undress and the guy tries to get the makeup girl involved. She protests at first, saying not to mess up the makeup, but she relents and stands up and also undresses. And now we're full Tobolina. Yeah, we're full Tobolina, and the music that is playing, I would describe as, like, electronic ska. <laughs> it's got, a, like, a reggae rhythm to it, but it sounds like it was all created on keyboards. <laughs> it's, uh, it's beautiful. Pat's sucking off Sven while the other woman caresses him and then joins in with her tongue. The other guy's going down on the makeup girl. Suddenly, Porno Pete walks in. Yes. We know it's him based off of his shirt that says Porno Pete. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking earlier. Of course, Porno <laughs> Pete would have a shirt announcing who he is. Right. Uh, I want. Can we get Porno Pete shirts? I think that we should, yes. We should at least merchandise some Porno Pete shirts. Yeah. I don't see why not. I'm going to get fitted for mine right now. <laughs> a pre-order. Go ahead and do that. Porno Pete tells them that they're trying to make a picture, so save it. He chases them out of the room, asking what's wrong with them. Back in the screening room, old white guys are once again gathered, watching Mary Jo's screen test. Her reading isn't great, and the producers seem a bit disinterested, but one notes he could use her. She seems illiterate, based <laughs> on her reading. Uh, this producer says he's going to Vegas next week to try to sign Mel Carter for a film, and he says he likes that type. So we cut to Mary Jo talking to Morty. He mentions the offer in Vegas. Mary Jo says she guesses she's supposed to sleep with that guy, too, and Morty explains, in fact... That guy's gay, in not-so-nice terminology. Yeah, he doesn't say gay. <laughs> but he needs an escort, so Mary Jo agrees. We see Mary Jo at a table, sitting between Mel Carter and the producer guy in a booth. They're all chatting and laughing. Mary Jo excuses herself to the girls' room. The producer asks Mel if they should have the contract drawn up, and Mel says he hasn't seen the producer's final offer, noting he knows he didn't bring the girl for his own benefit. The producer agrees and says he'll send her to Mel's room at 11. Mel leaves and Mary Jo returns. The producer asks what she thinks of Mel, and she says he's really attractive. The producer notes that Mel thought the same of her. In fact, he wants to meet her in his room at 11. Mary Jo says she doesn't know if she can do that. She's only met him. The producer explains if she doesn't, then Mel might not sign the contract. And after all, the studio always remembers when people help them out. So we cut to Mel's room, as Fred in narration tells us that what Mel really wanted wasn't what Mary Jo expected. Mel introduces Mary Jo to his wife, who's naked on the bed. Mel explains that they found that they discovered they enjoy sex more with an audience. His wife agrees that Mel fucks her so much harder and lasts longer when someone's watching. So Mary Jo sits on a nearby chair with a drink and Mel undresses. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Hollywood's full of weirdos. It sure is. Even though this is Vegas. Yes. But this is but where they go to do their, their filth. We all know what happens in Vegas. Stays in Vegas? Right. That's what they wanted us to believe about a decade ago. I don't know if they still go by that. I don't know. People still say it. It I entered just, the lexicon. I just said it. Indeed. I've seen variations on it that I'm not a big fan of. Uh, one time I saw what happens in Grandpa's Garage stays in Grandpa's Garage, which oh. made me very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Leave it to Vegas. Mel's wife starts to blow him for a moment. Then, Mel lays on the bed and his wife mounts him cowgirl as Mary Jo watches on. This continues for a bit and they indeed seem to be enjoying themselves. After a bit, the wife dismounts and sucks Mel off to finish him. We cut to porno Pete yelling into a phone, Scripts! Scripts! We don't need no stinking scripts! He finishes yelling at the person on the phone and hangs up, and we see Pat laying on a mattress under a pile of the people from the last scene, again all Tobolina style. Yeah, he's making, Porno Pete's making 
Tobolino, like little films. Yeah. Maybe sub that even. Yeah. It, this just seems to be a, a filthy storeroom with a mattress in it. Yeah. She's sucking one guy while another's fucking her and the others are caressing her and one another. Porno Pete picks up the phone again and calls Steve, saying he wants to talk to him about the girl he sent him. He assures him there are no problems. You don't have to discipline her. We continue to cut back to her getting railed, and we see a guy pull out and slow-mo finish on her chest and stomach, and even neck. Pete on the phone says that she's just great. Another guy strokes and slow-mo finishes on her neck and face, and uh, she sucks his cock a bit more. Jerry and Dominique are talking. She tells him he had his fun and paid, but she's going back to New York. Jerry tells her the contract is right here. This isn't a game. She tells him again she's not an actress. She can't memorize her lines. She can't move, out of bed at least, and she's just not good at acting. Jerry tells her, that's what we're here for. He tells her that she has magnetism, and that's more important than talent. Look at Raquel Welch. She can't act as well as you can, and she's a star. That's rude. She just died. <laughs> you need to be nice. But yeah, she can't. She can't swing her arms either. <laughs> Dominique asks, what if her first film's bad? And he tells her it probably will be, but people will pay to see it. He explains it's a three-film contract. She'll make more than she already does, and she can always go back to New York afterwards. She finally relents. Back at Morty's office, Mary Jo asks if he's heard from the studio. He says he pulled every string that he could, but they won't sign her. She says, but they told me in Vegas. And Morty tells her that not everyone is as honest as he is. <laughs> she asks if there's anything for her, and Morty says there's something but she'll have to make it worth his while. She tells him that he'll get his 30%, but he wants a little something else as he starts wow, to caress her breasts. Yeah. <laughs> she slaps him and asks what kind of girl he thinks she is and storms off. He says, a whore, what else? We see Mary Jo reuniting with her fiancé. The narrator tells us she finally figured out she wasn't going to make it in Hollywood and she belonged back home. Thankfully, her fiancé overlooked her escapades and we see them in bed together again. We're told Pat's slide downhill continued, although he actually says Sue's slide downhill continues, although we see Pat in the scene. Well, you know, who's Sue? I don't know. Oh. So yeah, Pat gets a cum shot. Yeah, in narration... Fred says, thanks to Steve Ransom, her slide downhill continued. She became overwhelmed with sex. Porn movies and prostitution became her life. Maybe Steve Ransom renamed her Sue. Maybe. We see Dominique being announced on stage to a crowd of applause. Back at a restaurant, we see Fred telling the woman he's with that the two women who came to town to become stars struck out, and instead... A high-priced hooker from New York took the town by storm. The woman asks, what's the point of this story? And he says, there isn't a point. He says, it's like everything in this town. It's glitter and tinsel and tits and ass, and everyone's a whore, male and female. There isn't a point. That's the point. The woman says she doesn't understand, and he tells her she will. Welcome to Tinseltown, USA. And Fred walks off. The end. The end. <laughs> And that was Tinseltown. What was the point of it? There wasn't a point. That's the point. I don't get it. You will. Welcome to Tinseltown, USA. Oh, no. All right. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back to give our final thoughts on Tinseltown. Adventures of Dickman and Throbbin. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. 
Uh, these are just, I was looking at Pat Manning's uh, CV. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was considering her for a project. <laughs> uh, but she was in something called Older Women with Young Boys in 1985, so she might be dead. Uh, no, she's still alive. She's kicking. She's I'm going to probably cast her in a non-sex role. She's graduated to the Jake Teague level of uh, porno <laughs> acting, I believe. Yeah. But, uh, you know. Oh, that's funny. Pat was discovered by noted uh, adult cinema agent William Margold. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. Art imitates life. Yes. Life imitates art, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so we're back on the show. And as you know, it's time for. The Raincoat Review. <laughs> uh, this film's a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Uh, based on the brief plot synopsis and the trailer that I watched before going in, I expected another kind of uh, run-of-the-mill uh, casting couch Tobolina type film where you just end up with a series of... Uh, more or less unrelated uh, fuckings until we end up at the end while she while uh, someone makes their journey through Hollywood. Right. But uh, this one had a unique twist on it. I like the uh, idea of interweaving the three narratives yeah. of the different girls. They're not all as well developed as the others. I feel like a lot more attention is put on to, say, Dominique and Eric Edwards, but that might just be my because Eric Edwards has more star power than some of the other male leads. Sure. Uh, uh, especially compared to Pat. She just becomes like a porno star, like pretty much right off the bat. Yeah. Uh, which is fine. That that That's all good. Uh, it's a pretty funny film. It's uh, pretty creative. Like you said earlier, the sex in this is framed very well. I do really like the three, uh, the three narrative structures I mentioned. I thought it was a very compelling way to tell this story and uh, a way to do it where you don't get bored with what is a kind of a tried and true formula in adult film, which is the uh, aspiring starlet. Yeah. Yeah. And this one we should make clear isn't a, it's not like a matinee idol where it's about like the porno world. It is about like trying to make like normal films in Hollywood. Right. Yeah. Uh, so there's a, there's a lot to recommend it. I thought it was a whole lot of fun. Uh, I enjoyed a lot of the music throughout. I didn't really mention it, but there's a like a little jazz fusion odyssey, I think, during the lesbian scene with uh, Pat Manning and Mary Jo. Yeah. Uh, and there's the uh, little doot doot electric ska song during the porno shoot scenes. <laughs> there's some fun stuff in here. I definitely enjoyed this one more than uh, Roller Babies. Yeah. Throughout this, it's, this one's not as unique as that, but it is a better executed film. Yeah, it's definitely more well made. Yeah, it's more well made. It's more comprehens comprehensible. Yeah. Uh, just in general, I I could see myself watching this one again, and uh, it's just a pleasure. I'd give it a strong three and a half. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, I'd agree with your points here. I think that this movie is uh, pretty good. Um, yeah. I think that, again, as I mentioned, the sex in this movie is pretty well shot, and uh, I think it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, I also enjoy the uh, three stories of the ladies making yeah. it in Hollywood. There's uh, enough humor to uh, keep you going without the movie becoming a total farce. Um, yeah. I like that their paths uh, diverge and yeah. they have different experiences, but mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it was the hooker who uh, was successful. Yeah, the hooker with the heart of gold. Who wasn't interested in it to begin with. Yeah, that's how you get it. You got to play hard to get. Yeah. Uh, and do like uh, William Margold as Morty Green. Yeah. Great sleazy agent. A lot of nice little cameos here by some bigger names. Uh, even though I think, would you say like two of our three actresses don't really have much to their, or at least, uh, yeah. Mary Jo, you said she had like one other film to her name, maybe. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, 
Danielle, I don't, I can't remember all the names. Mary Jo. Uh, all the names run together. Mary Jo only has this as a credit. Right. Which uh, I think is kind of fitting because. Danielle she, Ray. Yeah. She goes through the whole thing and it ends up back at home. Yeah. Perfect. And uh, Dominique Ashley Brooks plays her and she has one other film. Okay. I'm surprised she didn't stick around more. She had yeah. some real. Uh, Thought she had some good, ma- some good screen presence, some magnetism, some magnetism, charisma, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, uh, but yeah, the Eric Edwards was good in his role. Yeah, uh, yeah, everybody did a good job in their roles. Really, it was a convincing story. You know, no real complaints. Yeah, I can't really think of anything. The, none of the sex scenes go on for too long. No, there's it's... a variety of them. Mm-hmm. It's not like original enough to like really like crack my upper register, right? But as like classic porn films go, this one's really nice. Uh, I can't really find like too many objections or drawbacks to it, uh, except for the fact that, like I said, it's just a tried and true premise. Yeah, but uh, it makes a they tell it a little differently, and it makes a good vehicle. It's a it's a good wink. It is a good wink. So yeah, <laughs> overall, uh, I would give this three and a half stars as well. Perfect. Well, I guess that'll about do it for us this week. Uh, we run a little thing called patreon.com slash raincoat report. And if you type that into your search bar, you will find it. And if you give us $5, once you get there, you will get two extra episodes a month, early access, some funky little stuff, uh, the joy of giving me five dollars <laughs> mostly that's good yeah it makes sure that we don't have to uh kowtow to the corporate overlords and we can say whatever we want yeah um except boss won't say any slurs i try not to he tries not to he's conscientious he's not he can say them but he's you're paying him not to <laughs> actually <laughs> that's what it is uh but we're also on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Raincoat Report. Yep. If you need to email us, ask us questions, or uh, harangue us for any reason, get us at Raincoat Report at Gmail or uh, it's Raincoat Institute at Hotmail.com. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't checked it. There's probably emails there now. Uh, <laughs> probably like missing grants and stuff that I could be applying for. Yeah, yeah. But uh, all the same. When you're going to a screen test, you're going to a casting couch, you're going to a party. Don't forget your raincoat. Wait a minute. I don't understand. (laughs) Don't worry, kid. You will. Welcome to Tinseltown, USA.